You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Good morning, fuckos. Good morning. Oh, hey, hold on, Good morning. I'm with my buddy, longtime friend and archer, Rudy Sandoval, and it is January 22nd, and we're heading up to Rockland, California. For the Todd Hawkins Memorial Indoor uh, Extravaganza? Is that what we call it? Um, it's more of an archery uh, gathering. Archery gathering. It's a competition, though. We're going to be shooting indoor rounds. There's two qualifiers, and then some form of a bracketed shoot-up. Is that correct? That's correct, and then there will be like a random team draw. I love the random team draw. It is January 22nd. I'm hoping that I get teamed up with Quiocho again, and that way I can at least win 40 bucks. I hope I get Quiocho. It's a blind draw. so It's funny because I forgot my hat today, so everyone's going to think I'm copying his style. But, uh, you know. To be honest, you are copying his style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm, about, I'm not wearing a jersey, and I'm about 100 pounds heavier than he is. So. But it's the 22nd. It's actually my brother's birthday tomorrow. He just hasn't had access to the fried foods as long as you have. He's Filipino, dude. Of course he has. I, I don't know. I don't know. About that. <laughs> well, I think he's Filipino. But um, if not, I'm very sorry, Huayacho family. That's very... Uh, he's Hawaiian. Hawaiian. It's wrong of me to assume. But <laughs> anyway, we're on the way up. And uh, yeah, I wanted to tell you guys that like I had recorded a podcast with Austin Watts about recapping our 450. And my <coughs> recorder shit the bed, or I did something wrong, and I lost the episode. So I'm going to do a recap with you guys with Rudy, which, you know, it won't be as good, but it'll be something for you guys to listen to. Yeah, I wasn't there, so... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can't get to all the nitty-gritty feelings, but I'll give you guys... Well, I'm a good descriptor. I'll, I'll, I'll give it justice. So uh, the 450 round was shot in Novato. Um, it's shot all over California, right, Rudy? That's correct. It's uh, a bunch of uh, shops that have um, registered with CBH can host the event in, in their shop, and then uh, they mail in the scores to to the uh, the vice president of competition or something. Yeah. So what's, what's cool about that is you get way more attendance for a state event, right? It's like not like we all have to go to one spot. And then, you know, some people can't get the day off or some people can't afford to drive there. People can shoot it at their local shops if the local shops approved. So the turnout is much greater. You guys are going to see a, a whole crap ton of names listed for the CBH, our state indoor. Uh, where that's a problem, though, is that different ranges run things a little differently. Like they, they interpret the rules just a little differently. So I'll give you guys a good example. Uh, 
archery only in Newark, their range is not a, a legit 20 yards. It's actually like 19.2. All right. Is that, you know, is that a game breaker? Probably not. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, uh, a little over half a yard that they're not shooting that everyone else is. Um, I think I shot. I think I shot good there. I can't remember. Um, years ago. That was years ago. In Newark. I'm sorry, not Newark. In Novato, where me and Austin just shot the 450. They, we weren't allowed to warm up on the Vegas target, right? Like, uh, they had, because the rule states you can't warm up on the target you're going to shoot at, you know, in competition. What they mean by that is you can't practice on a target, on a Vegas target, and then when it's time to start scoring, use that same target. These guys misinterpret it as the, the target face, the type of target face. So they had hunter targets set up, and me and Austin had to practice on hunter targets. I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was a great way to zero in. Um, the other thing that was strange about the Novato tournament is that they had the top and bottom bales were... Uh, what, Rudy, what are those targets called that are... They're, they're, very, they're very similar to like the Morel bag targets in Vegas. that we would shoot in Vegas, um, but they're, but they're self-repaired. Self-repaired, and they're stacked. They have two that are stacked on top of each other, or they have one stacked on top of another. And so the uh, the top target is literally like we, our targets were posted like six and a half feet up, so that when we're shooting the top, like we all started shooting on the top target, you're literally aiming slightly up. Um, so that's just you know, it's just one of those things that makes it different from shop to shop. I'm, I'm sure other shops have their own little quirks. Maybe it'd be lighting. Or some annoying fuck behind the counter. Tell you what the lighting at Northwoods is by far the best I've seen at any range. It, it is really good. I think the lighting that we're about to go shoot in Rockland, as far as I can remember, is very dim. Do you remember that? Um, I always thought it was pretty good at Wilderness. It's horrible at our shop. Uh, West Coast is okay. It's not the lightest, but no. I mean, I'm I'm not West Coast number one fan here. Not a fan of the lights. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on the range, the lights. Um, mark my words, I'm pretty sure it's dim where we're going. Yeah, I'm, I don't remember, but I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm practicing bad lighting every day, so I'm good. <laughs> so everything's a bonus. <laughs> so anyway, in Novato, the target is slightly up, so we had to shoot our first seven aiming slightly up, which it was. I'm not gonna say like if if you're a legit archer, that should not matter. You know what I mean? And uh, I know some people would complain about it, but I think, you know, like I said, life's going to throw you little curveballs. You just fucking deal with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually did a lesson with a kid the other day, and I said one of the, the most important lessons in archery is learning how to adapt to different situations. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's probably, like, if maybe not as a competitor or just in general, like, like I believe archery and like hunting and whatever is like it prepares you for that. It prepare yeah, it's a, you life. train so that you can adapt to whatever you know gets gets put in front of you because uh, yeah. ultimately like archery feeds the hunting industry uh-huh. and uh, you know you're never gonna have a a perfect shot on an animal every single time. Uh-huh. So all of this is great for 
training yourself to adapt to different circumstances. Yeah, a good allegory for that is that now I DoorDash for extra money. Uh, yeah, that's a great thing, I suppose. Yeah, because of inflation and Joe Biden giving all our tax dollars to the Ukraine, uh, now I have to. <laughs> I was actually the Federal Reserve. I, I just rely on my wife. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> you got cats, dude. <laughs> you, I highly suggest you guys find yourself a sugar mama. <laughs> well, or, or sugar daddy for those you, for those of you ladies who are listening today. That would be me. <laughs> so. Let me see. We're shooting the event. Like, you know, and I shot a 450 clean. It's no big deal. Like, who cares? Uh, so, but we start shooting it, and, uh, I, you know, we flip at, at seven. We go from top to bottom target, and switching to the bottom felt so goddamn weird after shooting 21 arrows at a slight upward angle. Then you go to shooting level, it almost feels like you're aiming downhill. So it kind of changed. I could tell with Austin, it changed the way he was shooting, and it was changing the way I was shooting. Uh, I ended up letting down like a whole crap ton. Uh, but that was that was the ticket to doing good. And a handful of people messaged me and said, hey, so how did you do a 450 when you know you kind of been shooting like trash most of the indoor season? And that is true. I, you know, that's a great question and i have been shooting like trash oh yeah pencil have big erasers when we were coming back from fresno i told alan Burnett, i said look at i know what i need to do i need to pick up a hinge and just start grinding out rounds with a hinge and so i had actually because of this new thing where i'm trying to door dash to keep the lights on i uh i did not get a chance like it's hard for me to wake up in the morning because sometimes sometimes i'll work you know, I'll work eight hours, I'll come home, and then I'll go, I'll, you know, I'll kiss the baby and wife, and then I'll get out and I'll door dash for five or six more hours. So I'm, I'm usually not getting home till midnight or one, and then I wake up, and it's very hard for me to get up to practice like I used to. But I was able to do it Saturday morning, right? I think that we shot on Tuesday. So Saturday morning, I woke up and I shot a game, like a single game. And right after I was done with that single game, the kid was awake, so I had to go be a dad. And then the morning of the the 450, I was able to, to shoot a couple rounds just to make sure I knew what I was doing. Um, but I was just so, like, the, the day of the 450, I was so, what's the word, where you're not, it seems like I was running behind on everything. You know what I mean? Even though I, I, I set aside a block of time to shoot. It was like I was running behind as far as, like, like I was telling Rudy. I, I went to bed. I put my kid to sleep, and she was so difficult to put to bed. I ended up falling asleep in this, like, uh, like an old Vortex shirt. And then I w- woke up, went to work. And my, I'm supposed to wear black. It, you know, it doesn't matter what shirt I wear as long as it's black. At my, We have, like, a uniform. I wore my, my Vortex shirt all day. And then I went to go shoot this event, and I was smelling like a straight-up ass. Like, I smelled terrible. And I kind of felt bad for everyone on the line. Well, you always smell terrible, but that's okay. That's not true. I smell fucking great right now. Uh, Old Spice. I'm wearing Old Spice right now. What's that wears off in about an hour? We'll see. (laughs) Well, you know how much I sweat, dude. (laughs) That's how much the pressure gets me. Um, So, I don't know. Back to the shoot. Um, It was a day where I was running behind on everything. 
So I knew that morning when I practiced, I dropped three. I went. I was going to try to shoot a 450 round, and I dropped three points. So that was three nines, and I knew, okay, I'm not shooting good. I'm going into this event today. I need to just remind myself to have fun because I'm going to be shooting with two friends that I rarely get to see. And, uh, and even now, it's like I'm driving up. We're going up to, to Rockland to shoot this event. I'm driving up with Rudy. I haven't gotten to drive in a car with Rudy since... I want to say it was Redding, maybe. It could be Redding. I want to say it was Break the Barriers. I think it was beyond that because well, I drove... We didn't drive up with, together for Redding, did we? No, we didn't because I remember I stopped at a vape shop and got like all kinds of like vape materials and, and goodies. And I stopped at Kuyu also. And got some <laughs> Definitely he wasn't with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop at Kuyu again. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we can go to Kuyu. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I, just thought of something, I just thought of something interesting there because, like, you were talking about how the 450 round is held in different locations. Yeah. So there's some inconsistencies there. Yeah. And so it's not a perfect system, but it's, you know, it's good. It gets people shooting. Uh -huh. So that's why I really like these uh, shoots that we're doing, like the AB Invitational, the the Spot, um, and then the, uh, the, uh, the, impact. the Impact Shoot, and then... Um, the wilderness shoot the what we're calling it the todd hawkins memorial shoot um like these are all like uh moments for at least like the people who really do want to like shoot the best in the state like you're going to get most of them attending these events they're not going to be at all of them so you so we are going to get that pressure that we need to to get better yeah yeah i would agree and all of that makes you sharper for vegas pretty much anytime mark rubio's around it's it, we need to start grinding axes. Yeah. Hey, and Mark's been to a, a whole handful of uh, of these events. You know what I noticed about Mark? He's a uh, he's confident in himself, right? And he'll tell you, like, you know, I can beat I can beat X, Y, and Z, or I have beat X, Y, and Z shooters. But you never see Mark bragging about his accomplishments. Remember? Yeah. I never hear Mark brag once. Um, because we were talking about people that you know feel the need to tell people about. Uh, before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, some people feel the need to talk about their accomplishments. And I totally get that. Sometimes you got to talk yourself up. It's like uh, uh, Conor McGregor, you know, you got you to just fake it until you make it. Um, but I, I do believe the, the lifespan for that is, is, not, uh, is not big. I think, yeah, if you're constantly bragging about yourself, then you're setting this expectation that if you don't meet it in the future, like... The it's gonna crush you. It's gonna crush you, and and it's like, the truth is like most of the people that support you and love you, or that are around you, like I think they, they know they don't they don't really care. They they just want to see you do well, and if you don't do well, it's like they're not gonna stop liking you. Yeah. You know what's nuts? This has been my crappiest indoor season in a couple years, and I've gotten a ton of support from listeners and ton of support from my friends, and when I do good, like at this 450. It's like a, a a flood of people give me a pat on the back, and uh, you guys know I I might brag about accomplishments on this show, but that's only to talk about the only to validate validate like the whatever help I suggest to you guys. Yeah, I think uh, you want people to talk about you, right? Like let people let people brag for you. And that's what I have a lot of respect for Mark for is Mark basically 
Like you'll never hear Mark talk about his accomplishments, but man, that guy has a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the and then the Wilderness crew is a, a lot of that. A lot of the Wilderness guys are are that. So the West Coast guys ain't too bad. No, no, we got a lot bigger mouths on us, but you know, as for Alan, Alan uh, has thrown down some some good uh, scores back in the day, and oh yeah, yours truly, and you, and Austin, and. You know, even old Hans, he was the first West Coast guy to shoot a 300 in Vegas, bow hunter freestyle. Really? Yeah. Holy crap, dude! West Coast guy. I, lots of people probably have done that, but uh-huh. uh, but from our from our team specifically. Yeah, yeah um, dude, newest addition to the West Coast team, Elliot Peters. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, Elliot got picked up by West Coast. So. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Their squad just got a little cooler. I didn't know that happened. Oh, see, I'm plugged in, dude. I'm plugged in. So, I guess I, I, guess I didn't even know that myself. You're an industry guy. I'm a shooter-oriented guy. That's the difference between us. All right. Rudy can tell you the MSRP on a elite verdict, but I'll tell you what's going down in the game, at least in California. Hey, look at that greenhouse. You think they're growing weed out there? Uh, most certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gotham Greens. See that weed? Are anyway. You, are you just spreading rumors again? No, no. Elias for reals on on wilderness, and uh, dude, he straight up asked me. Said he joined the West Coast team. No wilderness. You said West Coast. You would know. You would. You you control yeah, that's the. Why I was like, I have. Uh, this is new to me. <laughs> oh. I, was, I, I knew he joined wilderness. Oh. Okay. So. You just said he, Elliot Peters joined the West Coast team, and I'm sitting here going like, wait a minute. It's okay, guys. Super, it, I'm sorry. It's, it, it's seven a.m. in the morning. I'm rarely <laughs> talking archery at this time. Normally, I'm stumbling to work. Um. Uh, yeah, may, I may have misspoke. Elliot Peters to Wilderness. Yes. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Um, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and see who, which one of us is wrong. I could be wrong, but I was hearing West Coast in my head. Yeah. But anyway, Elliot Peters to Wilderness. That's going to be solid. He asked me if he could get Archer and Filtered on his jersey. I told him I would be honored. And that gave me an idea to anyone out there who wants to put Archery Unfiltered on your jersey... I offer a contingency uh, payment for winning events, okay? And this is any event. Most most companies offer contingency only for nationals, right? Um, the The only things are that you have to meet me in person to collect your contingency payment. Um, and that's always going to be kind of difficult, but I tend to ma- make it to big events. But uh, contingency prizes are as follows. Uh, first place, I'll hand roll you a joint. In any event, you get a hand roll joint. Second place, you get half a joint. Third place, I give you a sticker. So anyone that gets the archery and filtered on your jersey and then rolls into an event, all I need to see is a picture of you on the podium and uh, holding holding your jersey or whatever. You know, just point archer and filtered. I suddenly want to start winning some stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Elliot Peters gave me a great idea. I don't think Elliot would smoke a J, but you know, I just gotta get him in the right setting. You we'll, know, uh, we'll give it to Alan. I don't know if Alan would smoke a J either. And I don't know. Austin definitely won't. Yeah, I think all these guys. You just got to get them in a room. It's like those. Uh, I think what's going to happen is you guys will go out and win something. You'll notify Wendell, and then Wendell will smoke it and then just get really high all the time. <laughs> no, no, you guys don't want that. I'll give you the joint. I feel like I could get all these guys to smoke weed if I get them all together, like those gay conversion camps, right, those Catholic. Can I sweeten Sweeten the pot here. Um, the rude cast money, uh, the the rude cast money will 
will help out Archery Unfiltered here. And uh, how about if you win any uh, national or state event, right, we'll, we'll send you an Archery Unfiltered hat. I don't have any Unfiltered Well, we'll get some, and I'll, I'll pay for it. I'll, the, the Rootcast money will pay for it. All right, there we go. So state, state or national event, you get a hat. Um, just got to have it on your jersey, all right? Um, where was I? Oh, I was talking about getting people to smoke weed that wouldn't normally smoke weed. You got to apply the same pre- the same plan for, you know, those gay to straight conversion camps that those Christians do? Where you, you get them all together and then you're like, you know, you don't know what they do behind closed doors, but they come out of it all straight, right? <laughs> I was... I thought you were going to go like Pepe Le Pew approach to it. <laughs> I'm sure that happens a lot there too. <laughs> but, uh, oh, dude, I had this revelation. Okay, going back to the shoot. <clears throat> and I can start dropping some jokes on you. Um, okay, so we finished out the round. Your boy Wendell shot it clean. No big deal. Who's bragging? Uh, Austin Watts shot it clean. Austin shot it with 40 X's. And he was like just shy. That's what he shot last year. So, you know. He's starting to agree with his Hoyt Stratos. And then, um, yeah, I shot 35 X's, but God damn it, I did it with a hinge that I've been shooting for three days. It seems to be something I notice. I think, does that mean I have target panic when I shoot a 300 with a brand new release? No, I just think uh, you are good at picking up anything and still shooting it well i do like releases i am a release whore uh, amongst in all, in all fairness like you you're shooting a release that you've shot before i'm not actually which one was it i'm shooting an ultra view hinge you did it with an ultra view? yeah for, uh, gen one i have no comment yeah those releases are fucking garbage <laughs> like they're fucking no, trash I, I wasn't gonna say that i was just saying i have no i just didn't i mean being that you're all the trash that you've talked over the years, I just never saw you picking one up and shooting one. Well, okay. The reason why I did is because Ultraview actually places the hook right over your middle finger, or, or and it, it creates a weird leverage point so that I can actually get my third finger, my ring finger, on the release and pull. Um, and I don't get that with my HTs. I don't even get it with the HPC. What you can get it with is a fulcrum that you set the... You set the head on the fulcrum all the way to one side. Um, if you're holding the release in your left hand, you would be setting the fulcrum hook point all the way towards your pinky finger. It changes the way on the fulcrum. It changes the way you can adjust the the heat, right? Like how hot it is. Like you lose a lot of ability to adjust your timing. That release is really that release is really comfortable though. The ultra view hinge. Yeah, it's super comfortable in your hand. I'll agree. I'll agree. It does feel like a cheap piece of shit, and I got mine for like a hundred bucks. So, dude, I paid a hundred bucks on eBay for a used one when they're selling the first gen one on their website for like ninety five dollars. Wow, you're not really smart. I can understand why you're having a DoorDash right now. <laughs> fucking stupid with money. Ah, uh, dude, I had this revelation, Rudy. This is for all you Hoyt guys. About the Hoyt Stratos. Like, you know what Hoyt bows are? There's this thing in nature called, um, like, what, sensory overload. Was it sensory overload stimuli or something like that? Like, you can trap a butterfly by taking really bright colored pens and making a bunch of rings on a, on a piece of paper. And the stimuli from that, because butterflies go towards, like, bullseyes kind of in flowers. Um, and it'll get trapped because it doesn't see 
those kind of clear rings in nature and it'll just go like, you know, it'll get sucked in. And so it was like, what other things in life are like that and that are inherently bad for you, but look really cool. And I was like, uh, Doritos, fake tits and Hoyt bows. And so I told Austin that night, dude, you just shot a 450 with fake tits and Doritos. <laughs> that's terrible. I know. That's what I think about all day long when I should be working. Like that. Uh, like I popped my head out of a speaker cabinet and I was like, "Fake tits and Doritos." And someone was like, "What?" And I was like, "What?" I mean, just because a bow doesn't agree with you doesn't mean that it may not agree with other people. Correct. Correct. Um, some people really get along with fake tits. Like some people can just bang away at some gritty whore with fake tits, and they it don't matter to them. You know what I mean? My, one of my best friends from uh, high school, like that's all he likes. Like there's like he like seriously, like he goes out with uh, I'm gonna say he goes out with models and like strippers and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, for him, like he he's like that's all he likes. For me, nah, natural. <laughs> yeah, dude. No. So yeah, everyone, everyone, you know, everyone has their thing, right? Yeah, fake boobs always come with weird ass scars too. So I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. Did you happen to see the new gas provane? That they just unleashed at Nimes? Uh, yeah, I saw the video Dave did at the ATA show about it. What did you think? Looks pretty cool. Looks fucking retarded. I don't know. Well, we have to, we have to try it. When okay, so they build, they build a one degree offset into the vein for you, so they, Dave explicitly says you just use a straight clamp, and then they're like, this will fly better than others. <laughs> well, the only way that we can get to the bottom of this is to get get some. And let's do some testing. <laughs> the outdoor season is among us. Let's test it. Like Not yet, baby. We still got Vegas. Vegas is still coming. Even though we ain't going, Vegas is still happening. As far as I'm concerned on Monday, <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting outdoor. <laughs> Spoken like a true competitor. Um, yeah, nice try, Gas Pro Veins. All right, that's all I can say. Nice try. You're going to do something innovative. I applaud you on that. But doing something that we do ourselves and then be like... Huh? You like? Stupid. Fucking stupid. Well, there's a lot of good arguments for uh, a lot of the jigs that are on the market are really difficult to get a helical um, and to get good base pressure. Yeah. For the, for the novice person. For the novice person. Every jig that's not a Bits and Burger jig or, or the only two jigs I can think of is pretty goddamn easy. I can see a benefit to it. Um, Dave is a good buddy of mine, so I, you know, I'm not gonna talk shit until I've tried it and seen it. Uh huh. I'm doing this new thing in life where I'm I'm not gonna poo-poo on something until I've actually experienced it, and I'm not just gonna talk bad about something until I. Well, I'm saying, why don't you just set your own fucking clamp to one degree offset? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty lazy. What the. F- Okay, so gas provanes are obviously perfect for anyone out there that desperately wants to suck Dave Cousins' dick. Well, let's see. What if you get better uh, contact with uh, when gluing your veins on there? If if the base is like straight, but the but there's already a, a one degree offset in the vein, like there there's a, a benefit to that. Okay, that's a good argument that I did not take. <laughs> for, for pro shops, like you know, you you might when you're moving a little bit faster, you might not make as many mistakes. That's actually a good argument. All right. I like that. That's a good argument. I've never had any problems with it in the past, but I'm sure maybe someone out there might possibly have 
So, I'll, I'll, and I've I've had lots of bits and burger jigs, and no bits and burger jig is exactly the same. Really? Yeah, they're not all exactly the same. You have to set them up. Um, you know, there's a lot of new jigs out on the market right now, so I'm pretty curious. Like OMP has a new one that looks pretty promising. Who? OMP okay. has this new like micro adjustable uh, vein jig. Really? Yeah, it looks pretty nice. Um, the uh, last chance jig has come a long ways from the first generation. Vein Master Pro. Yeah, so so these jig companies out there wouldn't be trying to make improvements to a jig. There are, it is difficult to glue veins onto skinny arrows, and and also large arrows. Like there's no like one jig that does it all. So, you know, some people. You're saying consumer demand is what's driving these. Possibly, yeah. I think in archer we have a ton of reinventing the wheel. So. Well, what if what if you have like one of those uh, one of the most common jigs that people buy are those uh arizona easy fletch jigs that have the little triangle thing yeah. right so what if you have one of those that can't do maybe you don't want to buy the one their their right helical off jig is like really extreme but what if you don't want to have an extreme right so what you could do is you could if you had one of that's a straight clamp and you want just a little offset then all you would have to do is put that vein in there and it would work on that is correct most popular jig sold I'm going to argue that probably Arizona Easy Fletch probably the plastic one, right? The plastic one. They probably sell more of those type of jigs than than Bitsenberger. I used that jig for the first four years of my archery. Yeah, I mean, and Hans when he started the archery shop, he used to fletch all the arrows with one of those jigs. Oh like he, brutal. well, he had like eight of them, like, and he would like put one arrow in and then hang it, you know. So it's like when you have multiple, then you can actually get a lot of arrows done. But a lot of, and a lot of shops use them. A lot of people, the fact that they sell them in Bass Pro Shop. You're, if I went to a Sportsman's or a Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's or whatever, and I went and looked for arrow fletching jig, you're gonna find that jig probably not a Bitsenberger. Yes, I would agree. And so I'm gonna say, yeah, most people are probably buying the the straight clamp or the right helical clamp. And for Target, that right helical clamp, in my opinion, that they make. Uh, is a little bit too extreme for what I want in my skinny arrow. Uh-huh. Do you feel like the left helical clamp is the same? On the on the helical one, yeah. yeah. For indoor, I don't care because I'm trying to slow that arrow down anyways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but uh, that's why I ha- for for my outdoor setup, I use the um, I have one of the um, last chance ones where I can do one degree offset. You have a Master Pro? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for all my X tens and stuff, I usually fletch it with my Vein Master Pro. Or, or I grab, or if um, I'm at the shop and I don't have my jig with me, I'll do a, the straight clamp offset and do it that way. That's what I, I plan to do for my, uh, my outdoor arrows is uh, one degree offset, I think. But it, but, it, but it takes me a good, like, five to ten minutes to get it right, you know, just playing around with it, which is not a big deal. But No diggity. No, no big deal. You know, it's crazy. I got, a, uh, I got a notification, text notification that I was getting a, a FedEx package from Goldtip the other day and I got super excited I was dancing around the speaker shop when I got home it was like just a box of pins and uh and weights <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> no LRTs yet no points it's because they ship shit from different different locations I think yeah yeah so we'll see how that goes let's see what oh um okay so back to the shoot um I grinded out that 450 with a hinge and if anyone wants to know how i did it i when shots start 
with a hinge, all right? My big problem is hanging up. So when I would start to hang up, if I was, if when I was aiming, if I couldn't get that release to go, the second I did one bobble that was out of my control, or if I, if I lost control on my pin float for a split second, I would just let it down. And then I'd pick it back up and run through the process again. That's a really tough thing to do. Yeah. Dude, and I let down like, uh, I'll say 10 times maybe throughout the night. That's a lot of letdowns. I was, I was the last guy shooting a lot of those a lot of those ends. But um, you guys will know when you're aiming, right? At least with a thumb button, I, would, I can get away with very slight lacks of control. Like uh, if the pin dips out real quick, just a little bit, it's like, okay, relax. I can refocus and then I can gently pull through a shot. Yeah, that's, that's the dangerous thing about the thumb because I caught myself doing that a bunch this year. Uh-huh. And that's a good way to, you know, accidentally get too close to the edge of the road that leads down uh, target panic yeah, tar- exactly or, or punching it because i punch a lot with my with my uh button and now that's not to say for anyone out there shooting a button i'm not telling you to not shoot the button i'm just telling you guys how what i did and so you know i i said it from the beginning with alan i said i'm gonna grind out shots with a hinge that means you're gonna you're gonna take good shots with a hinge if they're not good i'm gonna let them down and, you know, to get that shot to go, that means you're going to have to pull. You're going to have to r- rotate the release every single time. There's not going to be any easy shots. Every shot's going to be a grind. And I think if I stay on this path for, you know, a little while, I'll get back to, you know, knowing what I'm doing. I've shot a hinge for most of my, I'd say, five out of the six years that I've been shooting. I shot a hinge. This is the first time I've shot a thumb button as long as I have. Yeah? Yeah. How long? How long are you going on now with the thumb button? Um, since the since I want to say August, like I, I started using the thumb button like at the tail end of the outdoor season last year. Uh-huh. Austin, yeah. Austin, like pretty much like made me do it. So, uh huh, yeah, he made a good argument and kept pushing it on me, and I'm like, all right, I'll try it. If Austin goes to a hinge, are you gonna go to a hinge? No, because uh, he basically, I, he he wanted me to try it, and I said, all right, I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. I'll do well, what if he wants you to try a hinge? He won't want me to try one. If I go back to hinge, it'll be because I want to do it. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, people. Rudy does stuff because he wants to do it, not because Austin told him to. <laughs> no, I did stuff. I did stuff that he told me. I did stuff, too. I did stuff. Uh, <laughs> So I, I'm not, my ego does not prevent me from trying stuff that oh, my. Fr- Let me put the mic on. Sorry, my ego doesn't prevent me from trying stuff that my friends that shoot really well um, or even better than I do uh, suggest. Mine does. My ego is why I dislike the new gas provane. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> getting back to shooting, we're rolling up to shoot the the wilderness shoot now. Did I cover enough? Do you think I covered enough of the CBH? Yeah, I mean, you you shot 35Xs, Austin shot 40. Oh, you know what? Let me just give Austin props here. Um, what I saw from Austin that was the most impressive was uh, his very last arrow, all right? Um, and we, I, we go over this in the episode that I lost, but I, I feel the need that it should be mentioned that on his very last arrow, he knew that he was gunning down a 450, like here it is, last arrow. You make this arrow in, you're gonna get a 450, right? Um, 
And Austin, he wasn't keeping track of his X count, but he knew that he had an extremely high X count. Um, he drew back. He aimed. He put his thumb on. I saw him start to expand. No, you know, no shot went off. He started to hold a little long, and then I saw his his bow kind of like dip to the right, and then he corrected it, and and you know, basically he lost his level, his bubble, and then he corrected it, and then he held longer, and then he put it, he 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 let down, and I was like, oh, like I was holding my breath watching him. It was fucking bananas, and then he he had cleared his mind, he drew back, and then just drilled an X. And I was like, dude, you were, it was literally one second away from shooting a 449. Like, you saw it. He wanted that shot. He wanted that first shot to go. And he, he you know, the longer you hold it, it's like Blake Jerome said, the, the percentage of your, of your success starts to fade really quick. And uh, it was just nuts. It was nuts. He held so long, and then he let it down. My last three arrows that you know i knew okay you have three arrows left don't fuck it up what i told myself was hey dude you already did all the hard work like the hard work is end one to end you know 14 the last three you've you've already done it you've done it this many times just get three more in and that that helped me i was able i think i only let down once and then uh fired the rest off got them in uh but dude that hinge is a fucking grind to shoot. And I, I, I would like to shoot a true ball release because I really like the quality of a true ball release. But I got to find a way that I can get this like leverage from my ring finger on there. And right now I can only do it with this fucking janky ass made by children release. What was that? Oh, I, I was just thinking about what you said earlier, like about, uh, what 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 Blake had said, how that that got your head in the right place. I'm like, oh, about the percentage. Yeah, like that's actually really good. I really like the way that was said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. Blake Blake has a ton of like insightful like things like that that just were. He has a good way of putting a uh, different perspective on yeah. a lot of stuff that we kind of already know, but like he just has a way of saying it differently that makes your brain go, oh yeah. That, I would say. That's He's good at distilling ideas. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Earlier today, we were we were talking about who we thought could make the shoot off in Vegas, and I definitely think Blake's one of those guys, just because of his mental. You know, I know Blake's coming off of like a back surgery, but you know, in his mind, he knows that he belongs on that on that final shoot up line. No, did I say win Vegas? I should say make it to the shoot off. Yeah, make it to the shoot off for sure. I I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day too, and like. Uh, they were asking like what percentage of skill gets you there and like what per- like what percentage of skill actually wins Vegas and I said well skill doesn't win Vegas like that's just luck right skill gets you to the shoot off yeah. and then really like the shoot off is pretty much luck at that point I feel- but still more luck is given to those that work a little bit harder so yeah. it's I mean if you make it to the shoot off like that, that in of itself is like you made it to the Super Bowl and it's just it could be any dog's day at that point. Well, it's like Jesus said, you know, uh, I help those who help themselves kind of, you know, related to luck. Yeah, it's the same concept. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why, but I've been listening to a lot of biblical stuff. But anyway, getting back to <clears throat> getting back to the thing, I, I think 
it's 50% skill or even 40% skill. You listening to religious stuff is like Donald Trump listening to The View. I, <laughs> I got nothing, dude. <laughs> dude, you took me so far off track. Anyway, um, I think it's 40% skill, 60% mental game. I got, I got no ratios. It, it's not a fine science. It is a fine science. 40 to 60. Uh, like, to make it to the shoot-off? Yeah, dude, because you don't need a, a 28X to make it to the shoot-off. You could shoot fucking 1X 300s all, all week and make it there. You could roll in there with a 3X 900. It's, I'm going to say it's all mental at that point. Cause anybody, That's what I'm saying. 40, 60. I'm going to say it's higher than that. 20, 80? Yeah, 80% mental. 20% can't shoot a 300. Mentally, you can. Thing is, is thing is, is like in most of us can shoot a three hundred, right? Like on command. On command, maybe not. But most of those guys who make the shoot off regularly shoot three hundreds. Yeah, they can do it on command regularly. Yes. Okay. Like Blake is one of those guys that regularly shoots three hundreds, right? Yes. Austin regularly shoots three hundreds. Like you regularly shoot three hundred. Nope. You lots of us can shoot three hundreds. Maybe not on command, but regularly. So it's just a matter of getting your head in the right space. Yeah. It's the mental game. Like so. Yeah. Well, I think you're not without skill. I'm not without skill. Austin's not without skill. That's why I'm saying the the thing that stops us is the mental game. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'd say it's higher. I would say there's less skill and more mental at this. Point. Maybe it's thirty seventy. Uh, let's do that. Whatever, but yeah, like I can I can easily shoot three hundreds by myself. But God forbid you put money on it, or it's at an event, that three hundred gets exponentially harder for me. And it's uh, it's just proof positive that one I'm not competing enough to deal with that, and two, uh, well maybe just one. <laughs> just leave it at point one. Yeah, I mean I guess it just depends on what you're doing in practice. You know, like I. Uh was it before? Was it last year at the spot, or not at the spot, but at a Brian shoot, or the year before Brian shoot? We uh, up to that point, like I wasn't shooting that great. I hadn't shot a single three hundred in practice, and then my first three hundred I shot was at Brian shoot for for the season. Yeah. You know, so it's like I just had my head in the right place. That that I remember that. It's just a matter, like I said, whatever percentages. I think what yeah. the listeners can take yeah. away from it is that it's mostly mental. You were shooting a hinge also. I was shooting a hinge, yeah. yeah. You know, so a lot of the show, guys, is going to be me telling you do things one way, and then after you do it and start to get the hang of it, I'm going to tell you, okay, now do the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's adaptability. He's, <laughs> that's adaptability. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> is that from The Passion of the Christ? No, that's from Dodgeball. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> but anyway. I hate Ben Stiller. It's always him. All his movies are just him distressed. You know? Oh, I'm stressed out. Oh, I'm Ben Stiller. It's fucking gay. <laughs> so, it's just like the Rob Schneider formula that they talk about on South Park. Rob Schneider is the blank, the blank. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. I can't believe we buy this shit. <laughs> Rob Schneider is a stapler. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'll tell you guys, like I'm, I'm shooting the hinge. I'm not shooting it well. All right. I'm shooting it well enough to put down a 300 at the 450 round or to put down a 450 under pressure. But, you know, there, when money's not involved, <clears throat> there's quite a, a bit less pressure. I don't know why if I'm just a, you know, maybe I, I have to do my DNA thing. Maybe I'm Jewish, but it seems like when money's on the line, I care. So like a lot more. Yeah. You're kind of a Jewish guy. Yeah, I care a lot more when there's money. Did you hear about that guy, Santos? Is it George Santos? He's a congressman. Uh, what about it? He said I'm Jewish, right? And then they were like, "You're actually not Jewish." And they're like, "Your family is like not Jewish at all." He goes, "No, I mean I'm Jewish. Like I'm like a Jew." <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. The guy, so this congressman is like consistently lied about every aspect of his life. Yeah, Florida, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Said his mom died in 9-11, and then his mom's like, no, I'm like right here. I'm cool. I'm alive. Right here, honey. It's just like, whoa. I really like this guy. Dude, for the the level of lies he's telling is so baffling. You like him for his, for his, uh, for his uh, uh, comedy. Yeah, I wonder if he thinks it's funny or if he's just like... You remember when uh, they asked Trump, they're like, you said all women were pigs. And he's like, no, I said Rosie O'Donnell's a pig. And then she was like, well, that, that pertains to women. He goes, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's the, if George Santos has that, like, eh, whatever. Or if he's like just sitting back laughing his ass off with his friends about it. He's like, dude, I said that my mom died at 9-11. What? I, I. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, she's got maybe he's like mentally, maybe he's got mental problems or something. That's what it takes to be a congressman, congressperson. Oh shit, we got a phone call coming in. Uh, well, you know what, dude? We're actually at forty-four minutes now. You know, maybe we should. Uh, we'll do a second, second podcast. Yeah, we'll do one on the way back after uh, Wendell wins some money here, and then. Uh, hey, it's any dog's day. It's any dog's day. I, I mean, Elliot Peters is going to be here. Caleb Quayle is going to be here. Austin Watts is going to be here. The chances that I win money, <clears throat> I mean, thank God they do all kinds of payouts, but I might maybe I'll win money on the blind draw. We will win some money today. Yeah. And when we get back, we are going to talk about how, uh, <clears throat> before we were talking about Archie, we were talking about how some of the same bodies in government basically sunk the global economy into a meltdown through looking at, you know, other way on corporate greed uh, led to us in the same way the mortgage crisis is now guiding us through everything we deal with today. So it's kind of like, how do we trust these people, you know? And, you know, I thought it was a great point, and Rudy will expand on that further. Rudy, what do you want to say about that? Um, I will find a way to make this about archery. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And Trump uh, Rudy's going to vote for Trump. I'm, I'm voting for DeSantis. I'll and vote for DeSantis, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of like the cut of DeSantis' jib, you know? the. I'll take either one of those two fine gentlemen. The Martha's Vineyard move was fucking dope. I thought that was solid. And, and you know... You know, you know what no one talks about is fucking. I mean, we want it's not a political podcast, people, but you know, Barack Obama owns like two houses up at Martha's Vineyard. He could have housed all those illegal immigrants. He could just say, "Go stay at my house." You know? Did he say that? No, man. He's too busy. Exactly. Exactly. He's too busy writing Netflix bullshit. So anyway, we'll get back to our tree in just a little bit, people. Peace. <laughs>